The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us? Really? It does sound kind of mysterious when you first hear it and you really start to think about it. And I love a good mystery. I mean, I bet many of you, you love a good mystery. So take a moment and think about your favorite author, your favorite uh, mystery movie producer. Uh, for me, the, my favorite might surprise you. I actually like the, uh, the Hallmark movies as a mystery, and I'll tell you why. Because I love ruining the uh, suspense moments for my family because I feel like the, uh, the plot is about an inch deep. And so as my whole family's sitting on our bed watching the Hallmark movie, I start to entertain myself by just telling them what's gonna happen next. And then when it happens, they all yell at me and be like, Daddy, you ruined it. And you know, cause these Hallmark movies, I mean, they're no Christopher Nolan, they're not Hitchcock, you know, this is no Agatha Christie or, you know, Gershom uh, mystery, right? Like it's pretty shallow, but it's fun. And, and the, the challenge is, you know, Christmas can often become a little bit like a mystery crime scene. Maybe you're pulling out the boxes and you're like, how did that get there? Or how did the manger scene get destroyed? Okay, at least in my home, it looks a little bit like a Christmas mystery crime scene. And as you're opening things up, things start to jingle, things are making noises that shouldn't be making noises, bells are jingling, right? Like it's chaotic, it's crazy. Maybe family gatherings are a little bit of like a mystery crime scene. How did that happen? Why did that just get said? Why is there so much tension in the room? But maybe in a little less entertaining way, maybe the Christmas season for you has become a little bit of a difficult puzzle, a mystery to solve, but not so much in a fun way. Maybe Christmas has lost its celebration and has become more of a chore. And as a result, Christmas loses its luster. Christmas loses its glow. Doesn't have the same meaning and wonder that it used to have. But hey, why don't you take a moment and come with me? Let's sit down together. Sit down with the glow of the fire and just the Christmas lights. And let's peer into the manger scene for a moment and discover, maybe even rediscover the mystery, the message of Christmas. When you do this, it's a little bit like, you know, dusting off the bulbs, cleaning the filth off of the glass. And as a result, Christmas can begin to glow again. It can regain it's wonder. And so that's what I want you to do, right? I want you to let your mind wander as we wonder about the mystery and message of Christmas. And what you'll discover is that it'll begin to glow. Why? Because, you know, the festivities are fun and the desserts are great and getting together with families, all kinds of exciting. But the truth is, 
the mystery and the message and the meaning of Christmas. It needs no add-ons. It's brilliant in itself. The story and the mystery is captivating. And so here's what I want to do. I want to invite you with me back to 62 AD. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church in a, really in a has-been city called Colossae. And it was a small church, a church that he helped start. But he writes this letter because Christmas and the message of Jesus start to feel a lot like the way it feels to us. It gets lost in the crazy. It loses its mystery. And uh, what they did was they added on to Jesus. They added on not just a bunch of presents, but they added on a lot of activity and busyness and frenetic craziness. They, they added on religion and rules and superstition, which is superstition is wanting the spiritual without God. And so the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to this has-been city, has-been church, to reignite in them the wonder and the mystery of Jesus. And so I want to take a moment, I want to just read a little bit to you and hopefully invite you back into the glowing wonder of Christmas. And, And so the Apostle Paul writes this, he goes, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations. So here's what he's doing. He goes, I want to invite you to to discover, maybe even to rediscover this mystery, but he's not talking about a a mystery novel. He's not talking about some, um, you know, mystery story that you have to like uncover. He's talking about a secret that can only be discovered by divine revelation, meaning it's not a riddle that you can figure out on your own. He goes, I want to invite you to discover this mystery that's been hidden throughout history, but that God has left clues for all of us to know. And so then he continues and he explains what that mystery is. He goes like this, to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, that's everyone who is not Jewish, Make known among the Gentiles this, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's it. He goes, the, as your mind wanders, as you wonder, the mystery, the beauty of Christmas is this, that the God of all creation wants to know you and me, and that he would make himself known to us. And that mystery is revealed to us through God himself. And as a result, all the other stuff of Christmas can get pushed to the side. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter. I'm not saying that it's not enjoyable. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But I'm saying for a moment, could you push aside the busyness Can you turn your mind off of running through the list and checking it twice? Can you lay aside all of the activities that you have to participate in and just for a moment, focus? Not even just focusing on the beauty and the lights, but focus on the mystery of Christmas, which is this, that God knows you and God loves you and that God has been plotting throughout all of history to make himself known to you. And what the Apostle Paul is driving at in this letter 
is simply this, that Jesus is our glowing hope. Jesus makes our life glow. And the wonder of Christmas is that Jesus is our glowing hope. He's what ignites our life with fire. He's what causes our life to illuminate with excitement and joy and meaning and purpose. But that gets lost, doesn't it? Man, it, <laughs> the beauty of Christmas gets muddied over. The message, the mystery is lost. How? How does it get covered over? It's us. Something deep inside of us is separated from God and it, it covers over the mystery and the message. This is a spiritual problem. It's, it's not just the activity. It's not just the hurt. It's not just the, the hate going on around us. It's not just the pain or the regrets that you carry. It's a spiritual crisis inside of every one of us called sin. Sin separates us from relationship with God. Sin is not what you do. Sin is a sickness inside of every one of us that separates us from God and causes us to do the things that keep us separated from God so that we go through our life muddying the mystery. We get a layer of filth over our heart that darkens the glow of God in our life, in our experience. But sin that separates us from God leads us in a life course toward forever ruin. Right, that's the darkness. The darkness is that our life is headed to a forever judgment far from God. But God has been plotting throughout history to make himself known, and, and it's no secret, right? It's a mystery, but it's not a secret. The secret is that God wants to reveal himself to us. But he's not, he's, you know, it's not like some secret in middle school where you're like, hey, I want to tell you this little secret, but don't tell anyone else. And then that person passes it on to a friend and now rumors begin. No, this is a, a mystery that God wanted everyone to know. He wanted to shout it to the entire world for every generation to discover. And so what is that mystery? It's this. It's that God made himself one of us, right? God came from heaven to earth. That's the story of Christmas. God becomes a man, born of a, of a virgin, born in a, in a no-name place, in a, in a poor village in Bethlehem. Under Roman oppression, God becomes one of us, Emmanuel, God with us. What a mystery. But he doesn't just become one of us. He takes on our shame and our guilt. And so the mystery that God had to die in our place, he revealed love. The mystery revealed God's love, the extent of God's love, that he was willing to take on our sh shame, our sin, our guilt, and die in our place. Why? Because someone had to die to pay for that eternal judgment. But another mystery, the greatest mystery, that in Jesus' death, he paid for our sin. Then he overcame death through the power of his resurrection, right? And when Jesus came alive again, he conquered the power of sin in our lives. He freed us from the grip of sin, which liberated us from the fear of death, because now we know that life doesn't end in death. Death ends in forever life. And so the mystery of God is that he offers us eternal life, through Jesus Christ, 
our Lord, so that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is both forgiven and given new and forever life. What a mystery. And if right now you're ready to receive that, I mean, what better time than Christmas than to receive the gift of God through faith in Jesus? And it's faith that illuminates the glow of God in our life, right? So it's like, it's like a fire being ignited and God wants to ignite this fire in every one of our lives. And if right now the glow has gone out and Christmas has lost its luster, can I encourage you that you take the first step, which is simply placing your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your savior, as your rescuer. And if you're making that commitment, would you let us know? You can let us know by texting the name Jesus to 81411 and you're joining us online and so you can actually write in the comment section, if you're on a place where you could put a comment in there, you can even comment Jesus and someone will follow up with you. But right now you can text the name Jesus to 81411 and, and we're inviting you to, to make this response and what does God do? God ignites through faith his life and love inside of you. He, Jesus begins to glow with hope in your heart. God wants to lavish his goodness in your life. And that's what the apostle Paul is writing about. So I want to jump back in. I want to read a little bit more of this to you to show you what happens when through faith you believe in Jesus and, and there's this igniting of a glow inside of your life. He says this, to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Here's what the apostle Paul is getting at. This glow, it comes with wealth. You are glowing with riches. Imagine that. God doesn't just want to ignite faith in you or through faith, igniting his love in you. He, he brings with him the riches of heaven. In essence, you don't just get Jesus and faith and the promise of heaven. You get all of the riches of heaven the moment you begin to believe in Jesus. So you are glowing with the riches of God. Imagine it a little bit like this. Imagine a, a, an orphaned child, right? Meaning he has no family, no inheritance, no one who's financially looking, uh, looking out for his future. But this orphan child is adopted by a king. And so adopted into the family where now his brothers and sisters are the princes and princesses of the kingdom. Where his dad is the king and his mom is the queen. Invited into the castle. So that now the kingdom becomes his inheritance. And when he's adopted into the family, right, what he gets is he belongs and now he has a family. That's amazing. That should be enough. That's what we get, right? When you believe in God by faith, God the Father is your, is, God the heaven, is your heavenly Father, and Jesus becomes your big brother. And every other believer in Jesus becomes part of your family. They're brothers and sisters in Christ, right? This is amazing. You belong. You have a family. You matter. You are significant. Your name is changed as you become part of the family of God. You're changed because now you belong and have an identity with God. But he doesn't just invite the child who they've adopted into the palace where the family becomes theirs. Now that child is given the keys to the kingdom, given the codes to the accounts. And that's what God does for you. Meaning this child 
becomes rich beyond their wildest imagination. They have access to the treasures of the kingdom. You are given the accounts, access to the accounts. You're given the keys to the kingdom of God. What I mean is now when you believe in Jesus by faith, what the apostle Paul is saying is there's this mystery of God, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that mystery brings with it glorious riches. What is Paul saying? He goes, You are rich beyond your wildest imagination. Through faith in Jesus, what you didn't know, what you didn't realize, this secret is that when you believe in God by faith, you're not giving up, you're gaining. You're gaining God with you, Emmanuel, but not just with you, God in you. God, the Holy Spirit, who comes to comfort you in your your troubles, who comes to counsel you in your worries, who comes to free you from your fears, the Holy Spirit of God who's in you, at work in you, giving you peace, giving you hope, giving you healing from your hurts and your past, um, guiding you in decisions, leading you into what's best for your life, always looking out for you, making sure that you don't go down roads that will destroy you and wreck you and hurt you. You have this confidence that you know that God is at work for your good. God is at work for your ultimate good. God is at work for your best, your ultimate best, which is always God's best for your life. I mean, how rich are we that we have peace and hope and love and joy and forgiveness and we have God always looking out for us, guiding us. God who gives us a future. We have a promise and we have the promise of heaven with God forever. And, and so what this means is you not only are looking forward to the treasures of heaven. You're not only looking forward to heaven with God and the family of God and the riches of God in heaven, but you have access to all of that right now. You have access to knowing that you are part of the family of God. You have access to relationship with God right now, and you have access to the riches of heaven while on earth. This is why Paul said, what a mystery that you and I have the glorious riches of God which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Which, so let me come back to that, because that's the piece I want to make sure you don't miss. He says this, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He goes, the, the richest part of this is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are glowing with hope. You're not just glowing with riches. You are glowing with hope. He said the richest part of Christmas, as your mind wanders, as you wander into the mystery of the message of Christmas, it's this. You get Jesus. Jesus is all that you need. He's more than enough. The gift of Christmas is Jesus. And when you have Jesus, you have the glorious riches of God. You have the the treasures of heaven open to you. And what that does is it gives you hope. Hope is powerful. And you and I, we need some hope during Christmas. You need some hope during this season, don't you? A loss of hope, hopelessness leaves us feeling like there's nothing beyond this moment. Things are not going to improve. It's not going to get better. We get lost in depression, despair, discouragement, defeat, headed toward death. Hope says that no matter what the crisis, no matter what the tragedy, 
No matter what the pain, no matter what the hurt, God is better. There's more beyond this moment than just what I'm going through. Hope says that Christ in me is more than enough. And because Christ is in me and with me, I can get through the pain of this moment. I'm gonna make it through this tragedy, whatever the diagnosis, whatever the grief that you're walking through. God offers you hope. Hope, hope that you can be forgiven for whatever you've done. That's right. You don't have to be buried in regret. You don't have to be buried in shame and guilt. There is hope that God forgives. Would you take hold of that hope right now? Christ in you, your hope of forgiveness. But not just forgiveness. There's a hope in Jesus for a better tomorrow. Not just that things are going to get better, but when you believe in Jesus, there's always a better tomorrow, right? Because no matter what I'm going through, the fact that I'm waking up tomorrow, I am waking up in relationship with God. I know that God loves me. I know that God is for me. And I know that he's put me on earth for a purpose, which means there's a better tomorrow. And not only is there a better tomorrow in this physical life on earth, but I have the hope of eternity, This life is not all there is. What you're going through is not all there is. The tragedy or the crisis or the pain is not all there is. You have this incredible promise, this hope that my life doesn't end in death. Death ends in forever life, which means my hope is in the fact that there is a paradise coming. There is a heaven waiting for me. There is a God with his arms open wide waiting to receive me into forever life. That gives you hope. You have hope that God will walk with you through everything you're going through. He is present in your pain. He is comforting you in your sorrows. He is carrying you when you feel like you can't get yourself up to take another step. You have hope. And so I want you to know that your life, when you believe in Jesus, this mystery of Christ in you glows with hope. What an incredible opportunity. What an incredible moment that you and I can believe in Jesus by faith. And as a result, our life is glowing with hope, glowing with riches, that it's Jesus, our glowing hope. And so I want to invite you and challenge you. Would you respond right now? Maybe for you, Christmas has lost its luster and it's lost its glow. And I hope that what this moment has done is it's, it's cleared off the filth. It's decluttered. It's laid aside the baggage. It's reignited a flame in you, the fire of God. It's brought you back to a place of rediscovering outside of all the crazy, just the beauty and the wonder of the message of Jesus. And so I wanna invite you, would you take a moment and maybe just talk to God? Maybe just close your eyes for a moment and pray. Maybe it's been a long time since you've talked to God. Maybe you've never thought of praying and talking to God, but can I invite you? I'm going to pray with you. We're just going to invite God into your moment, into your crisis, into your home, where I'm believing that a glow will begin to shine in your heart, a glow of faith, igniting hope through Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for the great gift of your love that you are for us, not against us. And God, what is igniting inside of us right now is this promise of Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's been a mystery 
clues left throughout history that lead us to this moment where we discover you. God, what we need is Christ in us. So God, for everyone that's joining us, they're online, they're on devices, they're on their phone. Lord, I pray that they would encounter you in this moment. And as they're praying, God, that you would meet them so that they discover the mystery of Christmas. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We ask this now in Jesus, your precious and amazing name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.